You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. You are back with us, the boys. It is the boys of the Outspoken, so that must mean it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Here wow. in Spokane. Good I know, deduction right? skills. Hey, I want to start off r- sure like well. right away with saying, yeah. guess what? We have a special guest in studio we for do. the entire show today, which I'm really we excited. Do. So we have the Prevention Program Manager at Spokane AIDS Network, Kyle Richardson. We've had you on before. Yeah. This is probably like my fourth time. There he is. I don't think I'm hearing anything in my headphones, but I can oh. hear you guys <laughs> anyways. Well, we'll fix that. Yeah, we'll we're fix that. But yeah, it's like my fourth time. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. yeah. And we had a lot of fun last time. You were we on, did. so we, we talked a lot maybe, of random stuff, didn't yeah, we? Which is going <laughs> to yeah. happen. That, that's Again. that's our show. <laughs> like I said, Kyle Richardson works down at uh, Spoken Ace Network. We love working down there with you guys. Uh, this is a big show for us because we're going to talk today about the new the announcement of the new HIV vaccine trials, three different ones that were announced last week oh, that yeah. are going to start happening. Uh, we have a doctor coming on to talk about that. We thought, what a perfect show to have you on uh, to talk about. That and then we thought, but we had so much fun last time. Let's just have him on for everything. The whole show from Doctor Damon. Yes, not, not a, a real, real doctor. doctor. Uh, who is on, <laughs> <laughs> on today? Um, our relationship and sex advice uh, therapist. Therapist yeah. out of New York. So he's back on. It's his segment day once a month. He comes on, so we'll have questions for him. So it'll just be fun all around. You're here for cool. the dish, just everything. You're not quizzing me at all, are no. you? Good. No, not at all. It's I'm not definitely conversation based. Good, because I'm not as familiar with the trials. No, well, I don't. I think know of them. That's why we want him on because I don't think many of us are. Yeah. I just had just seen the announcement finally, yeah. and thought, mm-hmm. well, that's fascinating. And Damon will know. Oh, he's like, yeah. oh, yeah. he will know a lot. And oh, I, yeah. I, I'm fascinated. Um, I also we tried. We reached out to uh, Michael. Uh, what was his name? Michael Weinstein of the AIDS Health Foundation because oh, yeah, he is so anti-prep, and he's so, he's very combative. Mm -hmm. I just recently heard another interview on NPR with him. Um, He's very combative, and I'm curious if he, how he feels about vaccine, but of course he's, he didn't get back to us, so he's not on today's yeah, show. He has no comment. <laughs> I, he has no comment. Do you think it's because you call him combative? Combative, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's very, wow. like, uh, he is. It's it's true, yeah. He gets really angry about PrEP he and people does. using it's it. Yeah, weird. I know. Yep, Because we do a lot of, with PrEP at yeah. SAN, we have the yeah. PrEP coordination program where we actually help people yeah, right. get on it and, exactly. and coordinate with their doctors and stuff. And So we're very familiar with AHF not yeah. supporting. And they no, actually no. have some, I mean, like, I know in Seattle, um, they've established... Really, a lot, a lot of communities, they've gotten grant dollars, lobbied for grant dollars mm-hmm. um, to have their, to kind of be like that community yeah, outreach with right, their pharmacies right. and yeah. stuff. And I think that's amazing. That yeah. he is so anti this. It seems like such good things that are happening. Don't you think? I don't yeah, understand. It's just another, it's another and tool to add I to it. I understand someone having a tool. different opinion. Yeah, yeah. I get that. His is so, is well, always so shocking when I hear interviews because it's not a different opinion. It's a, like he's so angry. Yeah, yeah it's either <laughs> mine, like, my way, or no way. Right. One of the reporters from Britain, because of course Britain just made that big thing where part of their public health is they will cover. Uh, oh yeah, that, was that awesome? Which is yeah. great. So he was on with the British journalist, and he was ripping the British journalist <laughs> apart. And the British journalist was like a little taken aback, going, "Well, but it's a really good tool 
to have. And so I just think it's a good, and he is just mm-hmm. tearing into it. But you could yeah. tell the other guy was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. That's, yeah. I'll yeah. just, this I'll is just stop. Yeah. yeah. This is, it, so. it gets out of hand. It doesn't leave any room for discussion. No. Um, but anyways, we're going to have a lot of talk weird. in the next couple of hours uh, with different people about the, the horizon of HIV AIDS. Mm-hmm. But now let's get into our local groove, our little normal thing. Before we get into the dish, let's do a little check-in. Sir. Let's do, Jonathan. So what are you? I okay. have not a lot going on uh, this week. It's been oh. kind of a regular week. It was really, really hot. And you know how my apartment is with uh, the heat. Um, well, so you're in one of those old, actually an older No, building. no, oh. brand new, brand new. Third yeah, floor, brand I don't new, have, no yeah, AC. Well, my unit is one of the only units without an it AC. It is odd to me that they built I know. it without. I, well, the other, like 70% of the building has AC. But I don't know why they didn't put it into every unit, it's, especially it's at the upper floors. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, so, so you've anyways. been kind of battling the heat. Yeah, today is a good day. At your yeah, apartment last night and today it was a good one. Yeah, and last night we went to the shop to watch. Um, I love going yeah. there. Did you watch an outdoor movie? We did. Yeah, and it was <gasps> The Force Awakens, Star Wars. Ooh, the new movie. Nice. And so that was fun, and it got pretty chilly. I was excited about that. They have. Um, so yeah, not to, I'm going to interrupt your check in. Go oh, ahead. Bad, this it. is great because. You went to the shop and yeah. they have such good Anvil coffee. Yeah, they have. They're they like, do. there's they only do. like three places in town that I because mocha is my drink. Mm-hmm. There's only three places in town mm-hmm. that have good mochas, and right. they're one of them. Oh, I, okay. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I don't they get there enough because I'm not yeah. anywhere near there anymore. Yeah, but I used right. to live it's real such close. a it's a cute little little shop. I love the shop and I love the outdoor movies. You just drag yeah. your lawn chair. Yep. they have popcorn. They do. Have you been to the outdoor movie? Yes. They're I used so to go fun. all the time. I've never uh-huh. been. You've oh, never been? So oh, fun. you should go. Yeah, I reawakened my fear of sharks by watching Jaws on outdoors. <laughs> on that, <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. It they have not... the Goonies and Inside Out coming <gasps> out. Yeah. Oh, the Goonies, Goonies. is the best one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Definitely. Oh, agree. Inside Watch Out's it. cute, too. Inside, it actually right made is. me tear up a little bit, which does not very Me, often. too. Yeah. It's such a cold heart. Tim, no, I am. Tim was, my honey was laughing at me. Oh. Really? That's because I never so cry at things. I mean, yeah. he was crying. He cries everything, and I usually make fun of him. But he was making fun of me this time. Aww. I love it. What movie does teasing. make you cry? Any? In in Inside Out. What was it? In and Out or Inside, inside out? out? Inside, inside out. out. Yeah. <laughs> in and Out. <laughs> the movie cry a little bit. Um, we watched one recently. I can't remember the name. I don't know. Oh, you actually, you know what made me cry was um the one Precious. Remember the movie Precious? Yes. Based no. on the book. Yeah, oh, great my. movie. That made me cry, and that also made me heartbroken. It was so sad. Oh, wow. It was an I excellent. Oh, Gabrielle. That's what launched Gabrielle Sidibe. Yep. Sidibe. Yep. Um, her career. Sad. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So that All makes right. me happy. Well, See, this is go. why we have Kyle on. <laughs> yeah, to give us the perspective. He has things to say. That's always <laughs> sad. <my> perspective. <laughs> there cries have at been, movies. There have been guests. Not gonna lie. Name no names. That don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, what about what about um, the normal heart? <gasps> I cried in that. Okay, that, that's almost that impossible. made me tear up. Yeah. I don't know. That definitely. Yeah. I really don't know how you could watch that and not. Yeah. Even if you're trying really hard. It, you know, what part made impossible. me cry. Hmm. In it. We should all share what parts made us cry. Okay. Because you, because San and Outspoken did the the joint event yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. summers yeah. ago, yeah. so this is totally relevant. It is. It made me cry when he was at the hospital, <clears throat> and they had to pay the janitor to smuggle his dead that lover's was the part body that made me cry out. Too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that it's was. And the horrible. mom's there. And, and the mom's there. Trying to, yeah. 
And the yeah. guy was just like, just give me my 20 bucks yeah. and get out of here. Exactly. And I think the hardest part of that for me watching oh that gosh. scene was knowing that that was true. Yeah, yeah exactly. That that actually happened. Yeah. Right. That made it way worse. Oh, oh. 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 Yeah. see that movie still. I can't even remember the movie without it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> give me a yeah. moment. No, and that was also yeah. relevant because it's a movie that deals with the AIDS epidemic in yeah. the 80s when it all mm-hmm. came down. And that's what we're, you know, we're talking a lot about. Yeah. About these things. That's our big theme today. Today. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, Jonathan, yeah. what, what have you had to check in about? Just to, if it, it's all pain related. <laughs> yeah, your knee is still not doing so <laughs> Absolutely. hot. Absolutely. I re injured it because that's what I do. That's how mm-hmm. I do. And we don't know how I re injured it. I have my suspicions, but the physical therapist isn't sure how. But all I have to say is the pain is so bad at night that I, in the last four days, I've slept about three hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's impossible to sleep anywhere. So that's my excitement. Well, the fact that right. I can still laugh and be charming and entertaining uh, with this. But I have an orthopedic, an orthodontist, I have an orthopedic <laughs> surgeon uh-huh. appointment uh, in a week. Okay. Because, well, you know, ahead. they're w- booked Good. way out. So yeah. I made that appointment like a month and a half ago. So, Good. hey, power through one more week of no sleep and maybe, maybe <laughs> they'll figure it out. I'm just hoping they actually do an x-ray. No one, I've gone to how many doctors now? No one does an x-ray. What? No x-rays? How does that happen? Yeah. Like, do you Meanwhile, you you're me paying like, what, 20, 30 bucks a pop? 30 bucks a pop for physical therapy. Yeah. And they're like, we need to see you twice a week. Well, it's, I'm glad for you. Plus, sometimes I go in, I'm like, the pain is too bad. They can't do, I can't anything. do my yeah. exercises. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know. I ha- And I don't trust the medical system as it is. And I'm like, I yell. So, my doctor says, he calls me because I get really, pain makes me a little forceful. So, <laughs> um, I call and, you know, and I try to be nice, but I end up yelling at the nurses or whatever. So, if the guy, my doctor will call me at like 7 o'clock at night. You know, just what it doesn't matter if it's in hours because mm-hmm. he's like, I need to, obviously. And he'll call <laughs> me and he'll finally say, just go to the ER. And I'm like, I have already paid you a million times. I've paid physical therapy. I am. You should have done an x-ray the first time I was in there. I'm not going to go and pay an ER visit. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. I get so mad when we're told to just go to the ER. The right. ER right. is you get crappy service. And oh, yeah. yeah. Expensive. You're rushed through. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or they forget you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will. Happened to Sergey. Yeah. You know, six when hours I was later. There, yeah. Oh, seven hours just in the waiting room. It's the worst yeah. service ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm like, no, you're my doctor. You were supposed to. And why you would not take an X-ray of a knee when you're in that much pain? I've always been like, what's so if yeah. I go to the orthopedic guy they're like oh we don't need an extra I, there's gonna be hell to pay yeah <laughs> <laughs> they better give you your so i'm just gonna go oh to like gosh. the airport and have them put me through the, yeah. <laughs> the scanner uh, like, like, just tell me what that says and we're good. bring your own lead vest <laughs> Ex- <right>. yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly that's funny so houston, houston what do you have going on um <laughs> Dominoes Good. stuff. Do Good. no tomorrow. Um, I'm training to open. What time does Domino's open? Ten thirty. Yeah. Does anyone That's get pizza that early? I get pizza. What Domino's do you work at? The one off of uh, Regal and Fifty Seventh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice. Domino's has. There. Can I just say good pizza? Since they yeah. redid their crust several years ago. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and now well, they have everything. Not only that, yeah. there's a new billboard that's near our station. <laughs> you can see everything they have on that billboard. They just put every food yeah. available. <laughs> it just makes me hungry. That's all. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, so I'm training to open and still doing that, and then uh, I'm also helping design flyers for them as well. Oh, because you are awesome. a graphics designer genius. Yep, maybe yeah. not genius part, but I am a graphic designer. It. Yeah, you, you, you are genius. Um, is your latest vlog out? Because if it is, is that the one we were watching where there's footage of you at work? Yes, we. Uh, 
It's not up yet, though. It's going up tomorrow. You can watch them throw pizza dough. The dough show. The dough show, show. and it is a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Everybody who wants to know more about Houston, yes, uh, you can go there. You can. You can go see them and get some za. Oh, I will hurt you so bad. (laughs) Or their other foods. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a quick song break. Well, not quick. This is going to be Bohemian Rhapsody by Panic at the Disco. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And it is our time of the month. This is with Dr. Not a Real Doctor, Damon <laughs> L. Jacobs. I love that that's our new name for him. Dr. Jamin. Dr. Jacob Damon's not a real doctor. Jacob Damon's? Who is that? <laughs> Damon Jacobs, not a real doctor. Hello! You're getting all new names D- today. D- we're just going to call you No more time. real doctor than Shirley from Straight Talk. Yeah. Just remember that. <laughs> I will never forget that. That's my favorite. She rocks. Get <laughs> That's off the what crop. trouble you get into when you call yourself a doctor. If you're <laughs> exactly. not a doctor, right? yeah. just watch True. Dolly Parton. What's her, <laughs> my favorite quote from that movie? Get off the cross. Somebody else needs the wood. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you, kind sir? Hello, boys with a Z. Yay. I'm really glad. I'm so great to speak with you again. I'm, I'm doing well. Really well. Life is crazy and unwonderful for you out there. Life is 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 good. It's uh-huh. active, good. and um, I've got some appearances coming up that I'm really excited about. Oh, do tell! Uh, and one of them is going to be in Provincetown next Saturday. So oh, for those fun. that are in Provincetown for Carnival, uh-huh. um, I will be at Adam's Nest nice. at 7 p.m. on Saturday the 13th. And you were talking about the 80s earlier. I was listening yeah. to the oh. show before I came on, mm-hmm. and the whole theme of Carnival this year in Provincetown is 80s. Oh, and so I'm going to awesome. be there talking huh. about pleasure and prep and HIV prevention. And the place I'm doing this event is going to be selling some of the retro um, act-up shirts from the 80s oh, and 90s. Awesome. Violence equals death and read my lips t-shirts that were so popular back then. Uh-huh. They're for sale at Adam's Nest. Uh, so people can come by and we can talk about prep and we can That's talk about amazing. how far we've come and where we still need to go with all of this. True. And, you know, this is a great show uh, it, we're taking the HIV Horizons kind of theme for the entire show. We're going to be talking about the new HIV vaccine trials, the three new trials that have started the, that they announced at the recent conference down in South Africa. So I'm excited. It is, you know, I've, I've said before, and I'll say again, this is, I think, in many ways, the the best time for us to be out and active as gays and lesbians in this world. Mm-hmm. Never before have we had opportunities to experience as much social acceptance, as many legal protections, Mm -hmm. and as many medical options to prevent and treat HIV. And again, when we're talking about treating HIV, we're also talking about preventing HIV. So that these barriers to intimacy and connection that have been there for 35 years are being removed and lifted very quickly. And um, it's just such an exciting time for us. But, of course, as we know from, from a lot of the letters we get, people are still struggling. I was going to say, yes. Still struggling to express themselves. Still fully. a lot of that. Yeah. Well, and what's fascinating, I think, that we learn every month is that the relationship issues that, that persist over the decades are very equal opportunity, gay, straight, uh, trans, the whole, the whole gamut that we all seem to have the same, you know, issues over the years. And so that's what we get to deal with with you every month. And we have a whole new crop of letters for you. 
That's great. Let's yes. bring them on. Perfect. Let's start. Well, let's start with one that you sent us uh, from from your practice that you wanted to talk about. And then uh, I just want to make sure we talk about this one and then delve into the other ones. So this, uh, I guess, listener um, has a question and they said, Lily, I've been partying with tea and having unprotected sex, both receive and give. I test every three months uh, and take prep for the last year and a half daily. I am talking to a really nice guy that wants to have a serious relationship, and I think this is just what I need to get away from partying. I am just scared that I may have caught something in the last month since I partied with a guy who says he was tested uh, negative a year ago. That freaked me out a little. What should I do? Okay, so this is a question that um, I sent to you guys, and this yes. I received on um, from my group page on Facebook. On Facebook, I run a group that's all about PrEP, and it's an international group, and it's called PrEP Facts, Rethinking HIV Prevention and Sex, and it's mm-hmm. a place where people can learn about PrEP and ask these questions. And sometimes they ask these kinds of questions publicly, and sometimes I get them privately, and this was sure. a private question. Uh, but I think it touches on a lot of the issues that we address on the show, and I thought it might be a good letter to get our conversation going this afternoon, because we've got a few things happening here, right? One thing is partying with tea, and let's just be clear about what that means. Uh, for those who are not aware, that, that means using crystal meth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. And that is a subject that is very uh, controversial in our community. Um, there's a lot of feelings about this. There's a lot of opinions about this. Um, but the facts are, and remember, I'm not about telling people what they should do, because I right. wrote a whole book called Absolutely Shouldless. <laughs> but the kind of therapy I do and the kind of interventions I use are based in a framework called harm reduction. And in harm reduction, you meet somebody where they're at. And then you start to explore how this person might be able to make the things they're doing safer for them. <laughs> So when we're talking about PrEP, and this person says that he's been using PrEP for a year and a half daily, we are literally talking about harm reduction because Mm -hmm. PrEP is a daily pill that you take to remain HIV negative. And it is quite wise that if someone is going to use crystal meth in a sexual encounter, which sometimes means prolonged penetration, Mm -hmm. which doesn't always mean that they're always aware of, of tears and cuts, Right. which can be openings for, for HIV. If they're using PrEP every day for a year and a half while they're using crystal meth, that's a great example of harm reduction Right. because they may be opening themselves up to some problems, but HIV is one of the things they take off the table of risk at that time. Right. So, but the issue here wasn't really about his partying as much as, or, or PrEP. This was about his interest in a relationship. Exactly. And... I think what's really important for people, because this is an example, I think, of what we hear on the show, is the sentence, I am talking to a really nice guy that wants to have a serious relationship, and I think this is just what I need to get away from partying. Right. I am going to assert that that is the worst relation, <laughs> this is the worst reason to get involved in a relationship. Yeah. Because relationships, if they're going to be, if there's going to be a foundation for, for serenity, for joy, for pleasure, for fun, it means that you're not using the relationship to get away from something else, or you're not using another person to try to break a bad habit, right. or you're not trying to use a connection for harm reduction. The best kind of connections are the ones where we connect with another person from a place 
of satisfaction, from a place of health and wellness, from a place of love, from a place of integrity. Love that begins within ourselves, that then we are able to share and express and connect with another person. Mm-hmm. So I did answer this, this, this letter personally. I did send him a message saying, I would really caution you about getting involved with someone in order to get away from partying. My suggestion is to work on ways to get yourself away from destructive habits or from partying if that's becoming a problem for you. And then consider getting involved with someone once you've made that change Mm -hmm. for yourself. Right. Because that's a lot of pressure to put on someone else that they have to fill in places that you feel there are holes. Yeah. Right. And then, so what happens then if the relationship doesn't work out or if there's a problem right. or, or there's yeah. an argument yeah. or a conflict? Or the moment yeah. you that realize... that has the perfect excuse to go right back to doing what they were doing exactly. before. Exactly. Or the yeah. moment you realize that that's, that person doesn't take away that whatever need or reason, mm-hmm. you know, when you finally go, oh, wait, that's not the answer. I mean, that's rough. Yeah. That's a rough spot to be in. And you mentioned that in your book, I want to say, in, in your book, Rational Relating, which is not allowing you you know needing someone else to complete you needing someone else to be uh to give you the emotional support and the reasons to be happy or sad mm-hmm. um, that that's you know a good recipe to start putting cracks in your relationship right and and how would we know otherwise when that's pretty much what we generally learn at least from movies or, or right? arts and entertainment mm-hmm. about the function the reason why people join in relationships is because they feel an emptiness or a void, right. and they want to be completed. Right, right, right. It's like that line from Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Right. Um, you know, that is like, okay, that makes a fun movie, but that is absolutely <laughs> the worst reason to get involved and mm-hmm. kind of a guarantee yeah. that you're setting yourself up for a lot of strife and a lot of stress and conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably yeah. visits on the marriage family therapist. Right, couch. exactly. Yes. There you There's go. a lot of empowerment when you take back control of realizing that you you are, you know, you're in control of your own happiness and your and own life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is a scary, scary, scary thing when you start yeah. thinking that way. But okay, so let's get to the next question. So I've experienced something relatively new to me. Me and my partner were getting it on and he wanted to bottom. So we worked our way towards that. When we both were ready, we lubed up and I tried to, I tried to put it in, but he got really anxious and stressed out. He said he almost had a panic attack and asked me to stop. What could cause this? He's bottomed a few times before. Any solutions you might suggest? Wow. Okay. Yes. You know, bottoming is really an acquired taste. (laughs) It's really an acquired skill. (laughs) And a lot of people don't enjoy it. And I think they don't, a lot of folks, a lot of straight folks, a lot of gay folks don't always realize that you know, bottoming is not an option for a mm-hmm. lot of men. It's just not something they want to do. I personally love it, but right. I didn't love it right away. Right. It took time to really figure out, okay, what feels good about this? What doesn't? Mm-hmm. What positions feel good? What doesn't? What kind of lubes feel good? Right. Um, what kind of angles feel good? And we're all different in that regard. When we talk, again, I always come back to the shoulds, right? Because I think a lot of gay men think they should like mm-hmm. to bottom. Right. And the truth is, there are no shoulds, and some people just don't. Now, if this person's having a panic attack, it sounds like there may be a previous trauma that's being triggered. 
And I would be curious to know if this person may have been traumatized or abused at some point, if he's physiologically reacting to penetration with a sense of panic. That is a possibility, not a guarantee, but that's what really stands out for me in this question is how he is physically reacting perhaps to a previous trauma. Right. He, um, the, readers, the, the, list, the writer here says that the partner has bought him a few times before, but we don't really know the circumstances where that's right. happened and under what conditions he bottomed, and if he even enjoyed it in any way, right. shape, mm-hmm. or form, or if he was even fully conscious for these experiences. True. Right. So if this person sincerely wants to bottom, I think the first thing would be to say, is there a trauma that he might want to work through with a qualified therapist? Um, and or consider for himself to begin to figure out, perhaps with a dildo, what feels good to him. Um, right. Can he enjoy anal sex? If so, what positions, what lubes, what feels good, what doesn't, that he really takes some time and experience to, to figure that out. You know, it's, it's interesting that this is such a, it's so rarely talked about in our yeah. community, but there is a really cool book called How to Bottom Without Pain or Stains. Oh, and wow. um, it's actually, I think you can find it on the internet yeah. for free. It's, it's out there, but yeah. how to bottom without pain or stains. And it's one of the rare um, books out there that helps people figure out some of these issues and really teaches about the anal region and, mm-hmm. you know, how we're shaped, what angles might feel better and what right. may not. Right, right. But when in doubt, take breaths, eliminate mm-hmm. shoulds. Mm-hmm. And just practice connection being together. Yeah. Right. This may not be his thing. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think it's 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 interesting that you say because we don't talk about um, bottoming. We don't talk about how that works or, you know, uh, the best way to do that or different ways. We don't learn that. We just learn. Oh, we you discover. Ha- yeah, exactly. You know, but we, we're we're taught really that, hey, you just you just do it. And like you said, you don't have to like bottoming. But I think a lot of gay people don't know that. Well, so I, that's a good conversation for everyone to have. I think society to, has also put about. a definition on gay men. Yeah, well, absolutely. The, you're gay because we know what you do in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, the fact so. is you really don't know mm-hmm. what we do in the bedroom because it's not about this one yeah. act. But I also found, I remember when I was way younger, like 20 years ago, I lived in a small town and we had the first gay bar there. And the young guys would come to me because the parents aren't, in the sex talk you get, they're not oh, telling yeah. you yeah. about that. And these young boys had no idea, and not, not young boys, but young men, I had no idea because we are expected to just trial and error it. And I thought that's right. horrible. And I remember I had the big uh, GMHC book. It was It's gigantic, the mm-hmm. big medical book. And so I became that. Just ask Jonathan. If he, if he doesn't know the answer, he's going to find it. Because they had, we do not talk to each other. We do not do not have those conversations because as a society, we don't want to talk about the uncomfortableness of sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a big, that's a yeah. big problem. But and yeah, the GMHC is uh, gay men's health crisis. Yeah. Book. Yeah. 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 For, they used for to anyone who put out these know. gigantic yeah. medical books mm-hmm. all the time. And I loved mm-hmm. them. Yeah. It sure is. And with, with those rare exceptions that GMHC puts out, we mm-hmm. don't have sex education. Well, mm-hmm. We don't have sex education in this country at all. No. What we generally have is disease aversion right. and pregnancy avoidance. Yes, But exactly. we don't really have conversations often in our society, gay or straight, mm-hmm. that talks about pleasure and penetration. Right. Or talks about pleasure without penetration. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, come from the generation of, of a lot of gay men who didn't have anal sex for right. decades. 
because of the trauma of AIDS. And right. believe me, they were no less gay than any of us that right. did have penetrative right. anal yeah. sex. Yes. But it, it's just this idea that, unfortunately, especially younger people, learn what they know from porn. And, yeah. and porn is the Very worst true. source yes. of yes. education. Exactly. Because there is no communication, and there is no negotiation, mm. and there is no communication, and there's no lubing and mm-hmm. saying, oh, stop, oh, wait. You know, yeah. you just learn from porn, you know, that it goes in, and it just happens, and that's not real-world experience. Exactly. And if people try to pressure themselves to do something that they don't want to do, they could very well be damaged and traumatized. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's move on to uh, the next question here. Uh, this listener writes in, my parents don't like that I'm gay. I've come to terms with that, but they still try and push the whole straight thing on me and ask about if I want to see a girl or have kids yet. I love them, but at this point, I just don't care to deal with any of that anymore. Is it wrong of me to isolate them from my personal relationships and just not talk about them? Wow. You know, when I see questions like this, the first thing that occurs to me is just like, well, you already know the answer. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't you know the answer. You just want me to validate what you've already decided. Right. You know, you know the answer to this question because you've already said it. And I wish I, I, I wish I kind of knew the age and circumstances because my only thing is like if you're if you're a minor or if you're right. dependent financially on your parents or for housing, um, we might have some gray areas here. Right. But let's just assume this is an adult who is financially independent and doesn't um, rely on their parents, uh, their, that their safety would not be um, impaired if they were to break away from their parents. Mm. Um, you know, he's telling he's already said, I don't care to deal with that anymore. And I would encourage this person and anyone who's listening, instead of asking me or someone you know, is it wrong of me to do this, I would ask you to replace the word wrong with healthy. Is it healthy of me? Because I don't know if something's right or wrong. That's a subjective Hmm. thing that is, is completely based on moral standards. But I would want you to ask yourself, is it healthy for you? to isolate your parents Mm -hmm. from your personal relationship and just not talk about that with them. And I think that the person who wrote this question already knows what the answer to that is. Right, right. Um, You know, and and I also just want to say these things are not always linear. Like, okay, this person may decide that for now, my parents can't handle this. Um, they, They have an agenda. Right. It's insensitive and it's unhealthy for me, so I right. am not going right. to discuss my personal relationships or I'm going to set some healthy boundaries with them. Right. right. And, it, and healthy boundaries is where, you know, I think this is going. And sometimes those boundaries can change. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not mm-hmm. unusual for parents to sometimes have to deal with some boundaries before they get the message, oh, I have to respect my kid if I want to be included in their life. Right. I have to respect other people if yeah. they want me to share their, their Facebook pictures with them or their life stories with them. Right. And a right. lot of parents right. have had to learn the hard way that if you don't respect boundaries, you're not going to be included. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like um, there's a lot of, uh, talk about shoulds, there's probably a lot of, it sounds like there's a lot of unspoken shoulds, which is, well, you know, I, I to be a good child, I should, you know, not block my, yeah. my parents. That There's that, you know. You have to be yeah, like Yeah, because one, we've always yeah, been exactly. taught you have that, to be well, close respect and everything. your elders mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And I think it is that it, there's a lot of shoulds there. Yeah. And to I understand so. that, you know, healthy doesn't always mean 
doing what what you should do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and it's challenging. It can be actively challenging if you're thinking, well, I should have a relationship with my parents. Right. Okay, well, right. let's just look at that. Who says? Where is that written? Right. Did we vote? Sure. Was there an election? Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. not everyone, it's not healthy for everyone to have a relationship with their parents. I, I think when somebody does have a relationship with their parents and it's healthy and there's healthy boundaries, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I'm all in favor of that. Exactly. But if it's not healthy, and if someone, if somebody's parents are a detriment to their well-being or their wellness, it may not be healthy for them to maintain a personal relationship with them. You might want to keep it formal. Right. You know, you might want to say just the holidays. Yeah. Right. And again, right. these there things don't always last. This can shift over time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And we'll go back to what Jonathan said about respecting you know, your elders. Respecting somebody doesn't always mean, I mean, sadly, doesn't always mean getting along with them. True. So you yeah, can still true. respect, but if they don't, you know, see where you're coming from. Then. Exactly. Oh, and uh, surprise. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Damon. So we also have a special guest in the studio. He works with Spokane AIDS Network here in town, Kyle Richardson. So if you're wondering who the heck was that guy, that's, that's who that guy is. <laughs> I know. I, I know awesome. Kyle's there. Spokane AIDS Network is a great, great resource in the community. Well, thank you. Exactly. I, we yeah. agree. Okay, so let's go to the next listener question. I've yeah. been with my husband for five years. About three years in, I started to feel unfulfilled. I told myself I had made a commitment, and this feeling was normal. I've begun to understand that I gave up my dreams for the stability that he offered, thinking it would be the right choice, the practical choice. I've tried to get back to those things I dreamed of and am passionate about, but he says he can't support this and that he feels tricked into falling for someone who never really existed. I feel guilty and torn, but is there an answer? Wow, this is almost like the mirror reflection of the first question Mm -hmm. of the person who wrote in that I sent you who was considering getting into a relationship in order to get away from partying. Right, and I feel like this is sort of the mirror, like like on the other side, five years down the road. Right, um, in a way, not exactly, not an exact <laughs> reflection, but right. someone who seems to have uh, given up a part of who he is, or or sort of disavowed himself of some sort of truth or or expression in order to be with the person he's with right now, and I'd I'd be really curious to know the circumstances and the decision-making factors that went into that. But right. regardless of how we got here, we got here. Yeah. Um, it, it's unfortunate, and we're hearing this just from his point of view, that the partner is saying that he is not going to support this, this dream right. mm-hmm. and that the partner feels tricked because right. the, reader has a, the writer has a dream. Right. I don't know what the dream is. I'm really, really curious to know what the dream yeah. is. <laughs> but... You know, when this has manifested itself, and it certainly can manifest itself in any kind of relationship or marriage, this is not exclusively a gay issue or a straight issue, Right. but when there comes a time when someone has a dream or a goal or just some sort of passion of expression that they really, really feel compelled to, to act on, and it becomes very, very meaningful and purpose-filled for them, and they're not getting support or any kind of validation for that from their primary partner, 
that could be one of the circumstances that, that we've talked about on the show where you may want to consider a separation or a splitting. Right. And I'm not saying it has to go that way. It doesn't, certainly doesn't have to go that way. I certainly would recommend communication and therapy before anything like that. But if you want to live life with mm-hmm. integrity and you want to live life with meaning and purpose and fulfillment, and that's important to you and, there's, and your partner is getting in the way of that, then this may not be the best relationship for you. Right. And uh, I have said many, many times here and in other places, not all relationships are built to last. Right. Mm-hmm. We could potentially, all things being equal, we may live to be into our 90s and 100s. Could be. At this point in the game, with all the medical advances we have, we all could potentially live into our 80s, 90s. Or right. So if you're in your, you know, if you're below 50, and you're with someone, and this person is not the best match for you, or maybe they were 10 years ago, or in this case, five years ago, they might have been the perfect match. But if you've grown, if you've changed, if you've evolved, they may not continue to be the best match for you. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong. That is nobody's fault. There is nothing morally flawed about two people coming to a point and saying, you know what? We showed up with integrity, and at this point now, it seems like the best choice for us is to live our lives fully, not being in partnership with one another, and perhaps spend the second half or the next 50, 60 years of our lives, um, perhaps either single or with someone who might be a better match for us. Right, right. Or we might find someone and find many, many people over Mm -hmm. the course of our lifetime who might be a good match for us at different phases in life. But I certainly wouldn't recommend right away that they separate. You know, I would recommend, it sounds like he's already tried to communicate, try to communicate more, and try to communicate with the assistance of a therapist or an objective third party. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times we forget that very simple truth, which is we as human beings change. Yeah. It just is part, you know, we all grow, we all, our experiences uh, affect some sense of growth in some way, just as a part of living. And I think we forget to realize that and cut ourselves some slack. You know, that this is, you know, that relationships take work and yeah. there are times when yeah. you have to check in and, and, and see where the growth is and, mm-hmm. you know, make those those decisions. And that this idea that's, that's, that's integral to some marriage vows, till death do us part, we'll think about the context where that was included in marriage vows. Yeah. You know, that came at a time, in a time in our society, when life expectancy was like, you know, 40. Right, absolutely. Sure. And, you know, people weren't talking about feeling fulfilled or following dreams back then. Right. You know, the idea was to do the best you could to survive and do the best you could with that until you were dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So these conversations about having dreams and feeling fulfilled and having meaning for a much, much longer lifespan is a historically new concept. Mm-hmm. And the rules that applied hundreds of years ago may not be as relevant to our relationships in 2016. Yeah, exactly. wow. That's not something we really think about in the no. context of historic. I mean, that's that's true. Way back when, it was very mm-hmm. different. Different yeah. world I mean, back then. Talk about the whole debate during the marriage equality thing yeah, where they exactly. were like, well, yeah, back in the day when marriage was, you could get married because you needed the alliance or you were, you know, goats came with the, you know, with the Yeah, with it the was marriage. a political state. It was, a, it was yeah. way different. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, don't, don't you think, like, going back to what Damon said about how marriage vows used to be, 
it seems to me like there uh, there was a lot of kind of insurance involved with mm-hmm. with marriage as well. Like you know, you get married to someone with money so they can take care of you, and then exactly. you have these skills so you kind of a yeah. This is totally like chauvinistic, but you know, so someone can cook for you and clean the house. Yep. And stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. And there was there was kind of like that little bit of insurance involved. Whereas now, mm-hmm. I think we're in more of a place where it is more about emotions, and it's different for everybody, but. But it's more common where yeah, we have the luxury of, of of wanting to like them at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Get married to them. Exactly. Maybe that's part of the right. extra challenge. Is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too, is that it's <laughs> not sure. you can For stand. Sure. Yeah, yeah no, you know it's helpful. <laughs> All right. And the one thing that I can tell you as well from my personal and professional experience is that every relationship has the potential to be an incredibly um, important learning experience. Mm-hmm. And that I've learned more from some of my relationships than I've learned from any other person or any other experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if right. the two of you do come to a point where you realize we're just not compatible now the way we were five years ago, that can be used as a beginning point to really learn about who you are now and who you want to be now and how you want to construct your life now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in ways that really may not have been options or considerations five years ago. Exactly. Right. And again, if that happens, I'd encourage this person, because he mentioned he feels guilty, if there's a way to do this without guilt, and remember, guilts are a byproduct of shoulds, yes. so anytime there's a feeling of guilt, there's a should in there somewhere, mm-hmm. um, to see if there's a way to explore these issues with yourself and with your partner that are compassionate, mm-hmm. that are loving, that are forgiving, that are patient and understanding, it's okay to grow. It's okay to change. There is nothing wrong with changing ideas or priorities in your life. Right. All right, Damon, let's move on to our last question here. And this is going to be from a listener uh, who's talking about uh, their sexual relationship. So I've become disinterested in sex with my current boyfriend. I've begun to miss the thrill of sex with random guys and the excitement of the unknown sexual pleasure. I'm still attracted to my boyfriend, but I find myself walling up when it comes to sex. I don't really know what to do anymore. You know, this is a, okay. So just like the question, two questions before I get the feeling you already know what you want. You know what you want. You want to be a slut. And remember when I say slut, I'm saying that as a term of endearment, as a term of love, as a term of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, this person sounds to me like he wants both and. He wants the safety, security, and comfort of a primary relationship. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be a slut sometimes and has the thrill of sex with random guys. My, my proposition and, and challenge to him and to the listeners is what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Why not have both? Why not have your cake and eat it, too? What's the point of having cake if you're not going to eat it, too? <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, there's, there's ways to have both with integrity, with responsibility, with compassion. So you begin that by having one of these very awkward and uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. with your boyfriend about what it looks like to open up the relationship, to really maintain sacredness and the beauty of this primary relationship and all the comforts that it holds, and I'm assuming that it does because the person's asking about this question. Hold what's wonderful about this relationship, but begin to explore ethical and responsible ways to Mm -hmm. pursue the thrill of sex with random guys. 
find out if there's an opportunity to create some sort of agreement or negotiation or compromise around that with the primary partner. Right. Oftentimes, couples do find ways that they can formulate some agreements together. And, you know, we've talked about examples here before. Sometimes it's like, okay, don't ask, don't tell. Sometimes right. it's like, okay, the 50-mile rule. If we're apart for more than 50 miles, it's carte blanche. Um, there has to be negotiations about um, HIV prevention um, if that's going to happen, if they are HIV negative. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're going to do this, are we using PrEP or are we using condoms or both? Or do mm-hmm. we have agreements about that? Mm-hmm. But, again, all of this comes back to communication and integrity. I think it's okay to both have both and. Right. And I think life can be really fun when you have both and. But without integrity and without compassion, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah, that's that whole communication. Just make sure you communicate with your partner. Communicate. Mm -hmm. And one thing that that I always um, try to bring up, too, is and it's so hard because it's different for everybody. But talking about, you know, opening up with other people, opening up your relationship with other people and the risk of HIV is that you have to look within yourself and your relationship. To, st- to determine what, you know, what the level of trust is. Because, you know, with that conversation, you have to also trust that the person you're with is going to adhere to that. And, and exactly. if they don't, say something to make sure that both people are, are protected. So true. Mm-hmm. So I agree. And, and mm-hmm. Patrick Sullivan of the, the CDC even came out with a study in 2009 where he evaluated that 68% of new HIV infections in, in the United States that were transmitted from man to man were in the context of a primary relationship. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, a main. Could mm-hmm. he use the right. word main relationship? Right. Wow. Right. And so we need to be aware of that, especially in circumstances like this, mm. where somebody is with their boyfriend becoming disinterested in sex and really wanting to express themselves sexually with, with random guys. Okay, again, fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but there can be a problem if you do that in ways that put yourself and your partner at risk somehow. Right. And that's where the conversation comes in. And, you know, the other thing to consider here, because he said he's become disinterested in sex with the current boyfriend, it implies that there at one time was an interest in sex with the current boyfriend. And might there also be a way to bring that back, to bring back that passion, to bring back that desire? Um, again, a wonderful book that addresses these issues are, is called Mating in Captivity. And it's written by also another MFT, marriage family therapist in New York, named Esther Perel. She has gone around the world and talked around the world with men and women and same-sex and heterosexual couples about this exact issue. Mm-hmm. Kind of these two separate poles we have in our mind. A part of us craves security and stability and love and, and that wonderful nest that you create with a partner. Right. And then part of our minds also create that desire, that hunger, that mm-hmm. thrill mm-hmm. of a random sexual encounter and just that adrenaline-filled um, experience with, uh, you know, that's sexual and all about the ride and all about the adventure. And those two different parts of our brains don't always go together. But men and women all over the world often experience these two separate poles. And Mating in Captivity is a wonderful book that looks at that. And also in there are suggestions about how to integrate sexual desire with somebody you've been with for a long time. Right. And that's another conversation we don't have nearly enough right. in our yeah. society. <laughs> no, we do not. And I think it's fascinating as well that we we are beginning to have more and more, I feel like it was a whisper back a few mm-hmm. de- decades ago, but we're having more and more conversations about 
uh, I don't know if there's a such thing as traditional relationship, that there are so many ways in which we can be in a relationship with another human being or human beings. And I think that conversation needs to continue to happen. You know, we, we've only yeah. seen it one way is all your, but that's not true. Yeah. There's so many different ways to express that and, yeah. and do it. There's no set standard. There's exactly. no golden standard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why I work with couples. I say we're here to create, not to conform. Right. right. Oh, I we're love here that. to create something that is unique to the two of you or mm-hmm. sometimes the three of you. Right. Yes. But something that makes sense for you, something that allows you to have this relationship with integrity, communication, compassion, and compromise. Right. Exactly. Those Absolutely. are the relationships that I've seen really be able to maintain a steady foundation over the years, over sort of the, the bigger and smaller issues over the years. See, and I think that's amazing. As always, drop in some words of wisdom on the boys when you visit with us. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, I love talking with you guys. <laughs> and for anyone who's in Provincetown next yes. weekend for Carnival for 80s Week, please come visit me over at Adam's Nest. 379A Commercial Way. I'll be there. I'll be there a lot that weekend, but I'll really I'll be having an event with some uh, spirits and uh, talking about prep and all these fun issues about sex this Saturday, August 13th, from seven o'clock onward. And I hope people come by and say hello. Oh, do go by. That would be. We are jealous that you all get to even see Damon in person. So go, <laughs> go now. Make it happen. Make it happen. Thank you, well, sir, so, so much. Spokane invites me over there. Right? We'll figure well, this out. It's yeah. going to happen. You just wait. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you, kind sir. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks, everybody. You Thanks. too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was marriage and family therapist out of Manhattan, Damon L. Jacobs, Dr. Sex. Not a real doctor. Not a real doctor. Not a real doctor. Every right. month with yeah. the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite favorite part uh, of the month. We have listeners that always tune in during this time. All right. Uh, we're going to listen to a song here called Chasing Hearts by Bra- uh, Breathe Carolina. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1-800-200-FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. Outspoken also receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383 yay it's we fun got to have four in. people in studio because we can all read yeah. it's so awesome seeing all the support yes for the radio oh, yeah. show out yeah. there isn't that great yeah, yeah. we yeah. love it we always send out this nice little thank you card with our faces on it it's like thank you thank yeah. you so much so yeah. it's important to thank our sponsors because oh, we're yeah, yeah. 
Where would nonprofits and you know we're part of a nonprofit, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where would we all be? And San is a nonprofit. Where mm-hmm. would we? Where would we be without our supporters? Right. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's so key. It's so key. Put your money where your mouth is. Yes. I you. And, and our mouths are really, yeah. really loud. And and big. put your mouth where your money is too. Sometimes <laughs> that's it's a different. You know, uh, that's a thing for Dr. Damon. Let's yeah, bring it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk that. about that next week. So this show is has been all about so far really talking about about sexuality and sex yeah. and and being open in the conversation as well as talking about prep which of course uh, Damon L Jacobs uh, travels the country to talk about the importance of sexual pleasure and owning that and prep being a great tool yes. for that toolbox yeah. and then in a little bit we're going to talk about a really cool thing that happened at the world's largest global health conference which is it's called AIDS 2016 that happened in South Africa. Uh, we're going to continue that conversation about the horizon of HIV, mm-hmm. which is so apropos because, of course, Kyle Richardson is in studio with us. Remind our listeners exactly what you do at Spokane AIDS Network. Yeah, so I am the uh, prevention program manager at Spokane AIDS Network. We're a nonprofit organization, um, pretty small. We're we're in a cute house, and you it are. is cute. It's very cozy. Yeah. People like to come. So we do. Uh, we run HIV te- free HIV testing out of there. We do the one minute HIV yeah. tests, which are awesome. Um, you get a result in one minute. That's crazy. We have condom dispensers around town, mm-hmm. which we need to get a condom dispenser in the KRS studio. Actually, yeah. so true. Yeah. yeah. There so you go. True. Providing free condoms. We have several businesses around town, um, like Bon Bon and- Oh, uh, love it. S- yeah, several businesses. Stray Bar um, yeah. that have our condom dispensers there. And we actually just uh, released, we started a new program called Prep Steps. Oh. And it's a, yeah. So Prep, the, the drug, we talked mm-hmm. a lot about it in the last yeah. hour. Um, the drug that helps prevent HIV. It's not always the easiest thing to get. You have to have a doctor mm-hmm. that'll prescribe it. It's mm-hmm. not a cheap medicine, but there no, are yeah. programs that'll cover that. So there's all these kind of nuances to getting on PrEP and, and everyone's different. If you have health insurance, your insurance may cover have right. different coverage than somebody else. So we actually have a PrEP coordinator. Uh, his name's Caleb. He's a great guy. Um, he can help people get on prep and it's well, a free program. For and that's to- the great thing. The great tool about having uh, San in our community is because like you said, there's lots of nuances, lots of, it may be difficult, but it is not impossible. And you guys make it really easy because yeah. I can take it for granted that I'm on prep because <laughs> I just showed up, did my test. Mm-hmm. And then you guys coordinated exactly how, to, and then it, it, it happened. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're on it for, you know, for a year and yeah. um, it's covered for a year in either case, but it's, that's, what's fascinating. I'm lucky because even without a partnership between my insurance company and the state, which makes it free for me. Uh, so check out what your options are. Even without it, it's just a copay. Right. Um, so lots of options. You guys make it very easy. It's also a lot easier if you have someone helping you find a doctor that is already known to uh, you know, be easy to work with and that would, would mm-hmm. uh, and that takes your insurance. Yeah. Takes your insurance. <laughs> yes. That's a big one. And you need to be it's important on this drug, like any any drug that affects our bodies, uh, they wanna, you know, do blood tests every three months. You know, mm-hmm. you wanna be aware of your sexual health as well. So it's a great to have a doctor who you know, you can talk to, you can trust, and you know that they. This exactly. is what they do. Right. And if you don't have insurance, we'll help you get insurance. Right. We don't. We aren't paid to do it or or anything. It's a grant we're funded by, so we don't mm-hmm. pressure anyone into getting it. But we look at your options. Yeah. Right. Right. I have to tell you, being a single gay man out on the scene, because you know I'm I just I'm so <laughs> handsome that it's just, my dance card is filled. No, but what's fascinating to me 
is to go on dates with people who, first of all, don't know what prep is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm still so shocked. There's a lot. There are a lot are, of people out there. There are gay there guys are. out yeah. there dating that don't understand yeah. it. And so it's a great conversation. It's a little weird when I'm like, well, I'm trying to get sex at time. And, and okay, I'll be a teacher and I'll teach you what I know. You know? Right. Yeah. But, but let's yeah. have a, a half hour lecture and then we'll get back to this. But it's okay if people don't know things as long as they're right. willing to learn. Exactly. Yes. And they're not just blocking you out because exactly. there's so many people that are like, prep right. will exactly. know. Right, and it's well, no. fascinating yeah. that there is still so many people who who don't know and, you know, are excited to learn. But I guess because on our show, we've been talking about prep for about two years now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's been around longer than that. But I remember two years ago, the amount of people who didn't know was a lot, oh, even yeah. a lot more. Yeah. And now it's more of a conversation, and it's kind of cool to see. You know, as we've said many times, it's a tool in your toolbox. Yeah. As condoms are a tool in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Know what your tools are. Are And one of the yep. things we are always reminded of is remember that uh, PrEP is there to help you stay negative if you're negative, but it does not protect you against other STIs that are out there. So a lot of people, I think, get excited about the, the you know, preventing HIV and they forget, oh, that's right, there's these other STIs exactly. that are out there. And so it's important to remember that so that your decisions are always uh, well-informed and your own. And to have a relationship with your doctor to make mm-hmm. sure that you're being mm-hmm. monitored. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. that's what PrEP steps up. So, yeah. so if anyone, if any of our listeners are yeah. interested in PrEP um, and want to know more about PrEP steps, we're, uh, we're not open today, but our SANS phone number is 509-455-8993. And um, you can leave a message. We'll get back to you. We're really good about returning phone calls. See, and you guys are really nice, very comfortable. You go mm-hmm. to a cozy house. You do. It's a cute um, little house. Very cute comfortable, Victorian. and it's yeah. not costing you anything to go in there no. and say, hey, can yeah. I ask questions? That's exciting. Well, and you get friendly faces like you Kyle do. You do. and Gay and Katie's Joe. And I was going to exactly. say, Everybody. I met front desk person you for the first time awesome? at a, a meeting you guys had. And yes, and she's so fun Katie's and so, so sweet. sweet. Yeah. And and some people are worried about, you know, oh, my gosh, people are going to know I'm going to an aid service organization. And it's really low key. We don't have any, like, major flashing signs outside right. that are saying, oh, look who's here. It's not Vegas. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people can, can come. Actually, you, I don't think you would know. You wouldn't. Honest, walking you, up, wouldn't. you wouldn't know if you, unless you knew. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a curse because some people, like, we do testing. They're like, well, I couldn't find your place to get tested. And I was right. like, yeah. So anytime I talk to people on the phone, I'm like, by the way. This is what our house looks like. We're yeah. across the street from Ace Hardware and Huckleberry's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but know that there's not like a big sign up. Right. right, right. Look for the house you wish your grandma lived in. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's that beautiful and house you yeah. would love to visit. Exactly. Yes. We just had a volunteer. Right. And actually, we have a great garden now, too, in the front. Because we had a volunteer do our yard for us. That's oh, awesome. That's great. I know. Oh, see, it's beautiful. I love where you guys are at. So I, I find it, like I said, very apropos that you are with us for this conversation and that in the first hour we had Damon L. Jacobs, a wonderful educator, public speaker about prep. And it takes us to something uh, that we want to talk about that happened recently at AIDS 2016, the world's largest global health conference. When it comes to this thing we've whispered about for a while now, When's, when are we going to look at vaccines? Well, we're going to talk to Dr. Jim Kublin, and he can tell me if I said his name wrong, who is currently executive director of the HIV Vaccine Trials Network based at Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. He is also the medical director of the Seattle Malarial Clinical Trials Center, and uh, he's going to help us learn a lot more about this new, these new vaccine trials. Are you there, Dr. Kublin? Can you say your last name for me? Hi, yes, this is Jim Kublin. Uh, Kublin. That's K-U-B-L-I-N. 
Perfect. Well, thank you, sir, for taking time out of what is no doubt a busy schedule for you to be with us here at Outspoken in Spokane, Washington. Let's first talk about Dr. Larry Corey uh, had a speech at the uh, at AIDS 2016, and he says his first opening line is the HIV vaccine field is open for business. Can we start with what an exciting statement that is? And can you tell our listeners what exactly does that mean? Sure. So, you know, Larry uh, founded the, the HIV Vaccine Trials Network um, over 15 years ago. And, you know, the, the field of HIV vaccine development has um, has been, you know, challenging, to say mm-hmm. the least. It's, right. uh, it's one of the most challenging infectious diseases uh, that we've ever encountered with regard to prevention and treatment. And, of course, ultimately, to really control uh, an infectious disease like this that's sexually transmitted among asymptomatic individuals, people who don't manifest any symptoms, we really need a vaccine. Right. So there have been, you know, several concepts that have been tested, and um, in the first few years, decades of that were pretty disappointing because we did not witness any protective efficacy of any of the vaccines we were testing. But in 2009, that changed with a a vaccine trial in Thailand among 16,000 Thai men and women. Mm -hmm. And um, we are now uh, building on the success of of that modest vaccine efficacy. It it observed only 30% reduction in in infections over the three years of the study. But a, you know, postdoc analysis, an analysis that was conducted after the study um, was completed, revealed that the efficacy was as high as 60% in the the first 12 months. Mm. So we're now developing strategies to try to boost that 60% to possibly even higher and to construct the vaccine so that they're relevant for the populations that are most affected in Southern Africa, and that's in the clade C epidemic in, in South Africa. And so we're moving into a large clinical trial of 5,400 men and women in South Africa with a, uh, a candidate vaccine that, if demonstrates sufficient efficacy, could be the first licensed vaccine to help combat this pandemic. Wow! So that's, that's one of the one of the game changers, and mm-hmm. um, that's huge. Why Larry presented such optimism? Yes. Exactly. Well, it's a it's a a thing we've all like I mentioned in the intro, we've we've whispered about for years. And, you know, like you said, there have been there have been some disappointing, uh, you know, things in our in our past when it comes to vaccines. But can you tell us more? So uh, there's three trials, if I read uh, my research right, but they come from, I guess, three different approaches. Can you talk more to that? Sure. That, that's um, so. The, the one approach um, I was referring to is building on this Thai trial, mm-hmm. and that's a what's called a pox protein combination approach. And there's a long acronym called the the P5 uh, pox protein public private partnership mm-hmm. that is um, building on the success of that Thai trial. So that's one of the concepts that we're tackling with this large study of 5,400 men and women in in South Africa. The second um, is actually a passive immunoprophylaxis approach. And by passive, I mean we're not injecting a vaccine that 
is asking your immune system to actively respond to that mm-hmm. and subsequently actively respond to HIV. What we're doing is infusing an antibody, a monoclonal antibody that is broadly neutralizing against many different strains of HIV. And we're infusing that into uh, volunteers every two months to determine whether or not, of course, number one, it prevents HIV. And then a critical question um, second to that is, if it does prevent acquisition to HIV, at what level is this antibody required in the circulating system to to prevent uh, getting infected with HIV. And and that approach we're actually studying among um, MSM, men who have sex with men in in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. South America, as well as transgender um, individuals. Mm -hmm. And so that study started in April um, and is moving forward very successfully. A similar protocol among high-risk women is uh, started last month, again in Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. And then the third approach is is another active immunization approach. It's a vaccine that's under development by Johnson and Johnson. Uh, their research branch called uh, Janssen, <laughs> oh. and we'll be starting um, potentially a, an efficacy trial, a proof of concept efficacy trial, within the next year of that third concept. Mm-hmm. So what's the timeline on these on these trials? What's the timeline for how long they're gonna uh, you know, take to complete, and then um, results after that? When we when, when are we gonna see something on the market? Even that's a great question, one that we're frequently asked, of course. Mm-hmm. And for HIV prevention clinical trials, we do have to enter these large uh, population based studies, right? Um, because we do want to provide prevention, interventions, and counseling to the study populations and hopefully reduce the, you know, the incidence of HIV simply by our, our enrolling participants into our studies. And we've proven that to be um, somewhat successful, of course, but it doesn't drop it to zero. And so we have mm-hmm. to follow these large populations for three to four years um, and so the results of these studies will be out in 2020, and um, and if successful, then there's a development plan with the, these P5 partners, uh, including Sanofi and uh, GSK, the two pharma partners, large pharma partners involved, to then um, build on that success, develop products for Southern Africa, and then also bridge that to uh, the clay B epidemic and other populations elsewhere in the world. Mm. And I know that, so these three trials are happening at different places in the world, and we've only just begun. But in your opinion, do you think one shows more promise than maybe the others, or are we still too early to tell? Well, it is it is too early to tell. I mean, if, if, if one were going to bet on these three approaches, uh, I think the passive immunoprophylaxis, that is infusing these monoclonal antibodies into uh, people every two months. I think we're confident that's going to work. Mm-hmm. The question is, at what level are these antibodies um, really functioning at? And and that would then guide the, 
the more active immunization process, that is, how do we develop vaccines that will elicit these types of antibodies, and at what level will those um, antibodies be most functional? Mm-hmm. Um, now that you know that is a more costly endeavor, and one that is not a, does not have a clear linear trajectory to a product. So al- although it may have the highest likelihood of success to demonstrate efficacy, we still have quite a few steps to uh, you know to to uh, accomplish an effective vaccine product right, for right. distribution. Well, so it's really you know these other two active immunization mm-hmm. strategies that we're hoping will demonstrate sufficient efficacy that we can then build on to a, a final product. Right. Well, until, you know, that point, it's it's important for us to keep our uh, HIV under wraps and under control, which we've seen that uh, it, it's on the rise again. And in Washington, I mean, our, our governor, Jay Inslee, uh, proposed uh, ending AIDS by 2020. What do you think are the most important components to that? I mean, we have tools such as PrEP, you know, keeping uh, viral load low, undetectable, even even condoms have a success rate in that. What do you think are the number one tools to uh, keeping, you know, HIV at a low right now? Yeah, well, that's a, and that's a, a great question. The, the, you know, the HIV prevention toolbox, mm-hmm. I, I don't think any single tool out of that is going to accomplish these ends of controlling the epidemic within any region. And so we have to take this multifaceted approach and and make sure, especially I think among young gay men in the U.S., you know, the, the incidence rates of those between 18 and 24 are increasing, and that's right. very concerning. Right. Um, so education, the, you know, intervention with PrEP, uh, early diagnosis and treatment um, all need to be combined within the at-risk communities to ensure that people have access to these interventions. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I think Dr. Curry made another uh, another statement in his speech, and he was he was probably uh, referencing, of course, the the South African population, the how the the sexual culture there is very different. A lot of young women are are getting HIV because of uh, having sex with older men for you know safety purposes for protection. One of the things he said were in our state, Governor Inslee saying. By 2020, he wants to eradicate new infections of HIV. And Dr. Corey did make clear we will only get an AIDS-free generation with a vaccine. So as much of these tools are are amazing, do you agree that really the only way we're going to get that generation that doesn't have to deal with this, that it's gone the way of polio and all of this, is to get a vaccine that works? Well, that's why I'm really committing my career to the development of an HIV vaccine. And, and I was, you know, a medical intern in Greenwich Village in New York City in the late 80s. Oh, wow. And was at the forefront of the epidemic when we had no, you know, no interventions at all. And it was simply a much more hospice-like care that was a focus of our attention to these, you know, very sick young men. So it's been a, it's been a, a focus of mine for decades, and I think we need to continue to, you know, put pressure on uh, 
you know, leaders and, and, and public health authorities to make sure that the prevention interventions that we currently have are available. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at the same time, we really need to keep pressure on the, the government and pharma to right. develop a vaccine. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's it's a big election year, not only nationally, but locally. There's a lot of uh, things happening on the uh, state legislation and uh, uh, local level. What do you think are the number, you know, one legis- key legislation that we can pass or that we should be looking forward to um, to help us get there? I mean, there's there's so much power in our leaders and in the policies that we push through. No, this, that's a, a great question. And I'm, I'm by no means a legislative expert in right. knowing what is on the horizon. I do know that the the flat budget, I mean, NIH and your tax dollars are really at work in this mm-hmm. battle. And mm-hmm. they're our primary funder. And we have a spectacular group of people based at Fred Hutch who are you're working tirelessly on this problem. Sure. And our funding comes primarily from NIH. And the NIH research and development budget, I think, is one of our greatest nat- national resources. Um, and it, it, it feeds so much of, of the scientific advance that this country has. And it really impacts global health in a way that um, I, th- I think is, is unprecedented by any mm-hmm. other country. And I think it, you know, keeping those federal funds devoted to an HIV vaccine. I mean, we've seen some of the stumbling blocks to adequately funding Zika vaccine yeah, research. Yeah, absolutely. And and these are these are congressional battles that really should not be battles at all. Uh, we have the resources; we need to commit them and um, and and make the progress that we're confident we'll be able to make in the coming decade. Mm. So it's important for us as citizens and to, to know what legislation is out there and to do our support, whether it's the phone calls or, or the votes or the, the money, to make sure that these things are pushing through. One of the things you mentioned was the Zika virus and the, the whole funding fiasco that happened in Congress. Um, but it's the, the HIV field and the studies that have been, been going into vaccines and, and, and cures has been given a lot of credit for how quickly we were able to start finding ways to approach Zika and viruses of that way that and cancers and it's not it's a it's a one study that really is affecting all studies when it comes to infectious diseases is that right Oh absolutely right it's actually you know one of the what I call collateral benefits to all of the R&D that's been directed toward HIV our understanding of the immune system, how to exploit that for other infectious diseases, but as you referenced, immunotherapy for cancers and the advances in that arena over the past decade have been mind-blowing, but at the same time could really could not have occurred without the advances in our understanding of the immune system and retrovirology, HIV, um, with the HIV funding over the past 20 years. And, and you know, the, the Ebola vaccines that were right. um, proven to be highly effective. And now I think the, the confidence around being able to develop a Zika vaccine build on the foundation of work that has been accomplished with HIV vaccine research. Mm-hmm. 
So you've been in this field for quite a long time. How And as you said, I mean, it's not exactly, things don't happen overnight. Even this, as excited as everyone is to hear about uh, these trials beginning, obviously trials take, like you said, you know, can take years before we get, you know, closer to to what we are all all hoping for. How, two things, how do you become motivated throughout the years and not jaded and how can we keep it in the press that we don't forget that this is this is happening? Because, of course, we are a, a mass consumption of information society, and I think it's important that we keep these conversations. Oh, those are great questions. I mean, I think, you know, why we're observing some increase in increasing incidents in young people is because we've lost the, the urgency of, of this pandemic uh, in the, the zeitgeist of media. Um, it is a field in which one has to rely on delayed gratification. Um, you know, there there are no quick uh, results. Right. Right. And um, you know, the the motivation I drive from is is primarily from my personal experiences, as I you know alluded to earlier. That that was as an intern in New York City in the late '80s. It was as a a field. Uh, researcher and physician in Malawi in the mid-90s. Um, both of those environments uh, were, were very challenging with regard to the, you know, the friends and colleagues who we lost because of yeah. HIV. Yeah. And um, it's in their memory that, you know, I, I think I derive a tremendous amount of motivation and humility and, and honor in the work that I'm doing now. Um, you know, I, I think keeping it in the press and and is a challenge for you all. I I, I appreciate that with the you know fifteen second sound bites that we're all accustomed to now. Right. But yeah. I think there are you know there are tremendous stories out there that continue to inspire me as well that I think are worthy of of putting out and you know the people working in the field, the community engagement. Um, the leaders in Africa, the LGBTQ community that you're, you know, trying to inform here, the the progress we've made in in being able to come together as a community around this focused goal, um, I think is is a major human achievement. Absolutely, um, absolutely, it is. Yeah, and I think you know, um, highlighting that is one way. Mm-hmm. Highlighting the devastation, the ongoing devastation of this pandemic. You know the millions of people who are dying um, and getting infected, and the resources and the drain of those resources as a requirement to treat and and try to prevent HIV. Um, it was part of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, exa- and it's people. It's it's these stories, and then people like you working tirelessly uh, day and night to to cure this. I mean, this disease is affecting millions and millions of people. So, Doctor Jim Cublin, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday and joining us today uh, to discuss what progress is being made. We're looking forward to seeing uh, where this goes and how it turns out. So we'll have to have you back to give us updates periodically throughout these trials. Sure. Happy to. And, uh, you know, we have a site here in Seattle enrolling volunteers and and other sites around the world. And um, you can go to our hbtn.org site to learn more. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you again for all that you do. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Have a great day.
And that was fascinating when, you know, when I saw that story come out last mm-hmm. week, we reached out to the reporter who wrote it. Uh, just exciting. We've been talking about when is there going to be a vaccine trial? When is yeah. there? And now there's right. three. And what's even more amazing is Seattle has one of the sites. Yeah, and that's these, awesome. These trials are happening all over the world. Of course, like he said, the first one started in South Africa because the, it is still, I mean, millions die every Oh yeah, year in yeah. South Africa because yeah. of this because they they Huge. don't have the same resources and like I said their culture their sexual culture there um, young women have a high rate of it because for safety for getting food for all of that a lot of times is traded with the mm-hmm. older businessmen in town mm-hmm. for sex yeah so yep. it happens uh, Kyle from an on the ground you know in the the yeah. trenches dealing with it here in a, a you know actual way in Spokane um what are your thoughts on the the whole trials um i so this conversation was, re- was really refreshing for me because i was actually just talking with my coworker the other day we have a facebook page of course yeah, and right. we follow the news right. of what's going on and it seems like i've been working at sand for about 6 years now and every year i see something like oh they may have found either a cure or a vaccine right. those two things well, he, my coworker posted something about some of these trials we were just talking about. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, maybe it's just me being jaded for being in this field for so long. But I feel like every time we hear something, it's nothing like we never right. see anything. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like right. he said, lots of disappointment. Lots of disappointment. And we have to remember too, like it takes years. Even oh, if you yeah. have something that is promising, yeah. it takes years. He said it wouldn't be till 2020 yeah. for these results. So yeah. um, I, I thought this was really promising and exciting. Um, I think I th- I love the idea that my job can turn uh, eventually turn from telling people you know like get on prep and right. use condoms into hey get the vaccine exactly right, right. how insane that I you know we, I remember us talking about prep how a lot of us never thought there would be something like that yeah that oh, would yeah. come along while we're here the vaccines are even. even uh more exciting mm -hmm. and i like that there's three trials because as you said there's been a lot of disappointment in the past yes we need like a hundred trials so we have a really good (laughs) shot well i think part of it too like it's um there's a lot of ethical issues there are sure come up that you have to think about in these trials which is which is you know i'm sure a challenge yeah yeah completely right Right. well let's take a brief break there let's do it and then we'll come back and uh talk a little bit about the dish and stuff going on this is going to be uh hunter hunted with dora moore you are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. Do you still read that? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> read that off the wall. Really quick, we have a clarification. I misspoke, and I'm going to have Kyle do the clarification. Oh, I, I love correcting people. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, no, it's actually a very common mistake because a lot of times in, in you know we, we interchange HIV and AIDS. Yes. Um, so the End AIDS Washington campaign, which Governor Inslee signed in 20, I think, 14 um the goal is to end aids in washington state by 2020 um and cut new hiv infections in half by 2020 and so is what that means is that people might still be getting hiv but we're but we're not allowing it to progress uh into aids into aids Mm -hmm. so we're Mm -hmm. we're detecting new infections early and we're getting people uh, uh preventing by by those things like prep and getting people in treatment so that they're like a point one percent chance of, of transmitting to others. See right. that it, that is an important clarification to make. 
that is wasn't going to let Sergey take that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, but the Kyle official Ka- representative. Kyle caught you. We both kept our mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's no, great. important to remember that. Also, remember, what's the website that they can go to to find out more or read some stories about Indades? About Indades, Washington? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it's www.endaidswashington.org. I believe it's org. I think it is too. It could be dot com, yeah. but yeah, it's a it's a great resource. Um, there's mm-hmm. a few different actually local blogs mm-hmm. um, from Spokane about people supporting Indades Washington campaign. So should be good. And there's gonna be a blog coming up. We just did the Let Us Give event where we address oh, nice. the FDA recommendations for that gay and bi men can, and other MS men who have sex with men right. cannot give blood unless they've mm-hmm. been abstinent for 12 months. Right. right. But right. there's a, but they won't, there currently is not a screening tool for, for what that looks like. Exactly. Right. So it's like, well, what does abstinent mean? Does that mean no anal sex or does that also mean right. oral sex, which mm-hmm. is also very low risk. So we had a, a thing on there and um, we had a community uh, discussion with in the Northwest blood center and IMBA. Mm-hmm. That's and now spoken awesome. was a partner. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be a blog about how that went. Yay, that's awesome. exciting. Yay. Listen, yeah. uh, things mm-hmm. are happening every day out there. And especially an important True. thing to track is mm-hmm. HIV. Uh, uh, the HIV epidemic is still huge mm-hmm. uh, across the world. I think mm-hmm. uh, one of the important things the doctor mentioned was, you know, that there is, they're starting testing trials in South Africa. I think we forget that although we are more manageable here in the States, that this epidemic affects the entire world. It does. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Well, it's funny. I read an article about someone who, an HIV doctor who flew into Kyrgyzstan, uh, which hey. is where, yeah, that is my home country. Um, and there's a huge epidemic there because... Uh, there's such a stigma for being gay that all these yeah. men who are married mm-hmm. um, and have kids go out and, you know, behind closed doors, yeah. go mess around with some guys. And women are getting it. Everyone's getting it. Because no, no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. There's no prevention. There's no treatment. Oh, and sad. so people have to go in into these rural areas and say, mm-hmm. listen, you, you have HIV. Well, and, and let's be honest. I mean, let's not. I mean, we may have more manageable in the states, but mm-hmm. look at the story that came out in Indiana, which is yeah. Mike Pence's oh, um, home state, uh, where the uh, the stats spiked, especially in rural areas, mm-hmm. because yeah. he refuses to uh, fund use yep. the state money to fund any of the Ryan White programs, any of the programs there, needle sharing, all of that. And right. so they Indiana has spiked so high, and that is part of the issue, is he has moralized the issue, and so he won't, due to his personal mm-hmm. beliefs, fund that. I mean, right. it's sad, but it still happens here in yeah. the U.S. There are still rural areas. That, Absolutely, and we're lucky yeah. enough to live in Washington where that yeah. It's a more progressive state in those terms, but yeah. you know we still have a long way to go. Even here, exactly. we have a lot, of, a lot to yeah. change. Mm-hmm. But you know, a really cool thing that that we were talking about a little bit earlier is Washington State is pretty progressive, and mm-hmm. thanks to to the community and advocates, um, our legislature, right. you know, they pushed our legislature. We passed last year uh, opt-out HIV testing. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. It's and amazing. explain to a listeners what record, that means. Yeah. And so, yeah, part of the problem with, with HIV is you don't know if you have HIV unless you get tested. And right. a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't getting tested because of stigma or they just don't think they have risks. Right. So so traditionally, um, you know, you go, to the, you go to the doctor's office and they might ask you, do you want an HIV test? And you have to tell them, yeah, I do. Um, a lot of doctors aren't even asking if nope. you want it. Yeah. So, um, and even when people show up for for sexually transmitted infections, where they're supposed to be asked right. by law, they aren't being asked mm-hmm. in some cases. 
So with opt-out testing, it would be, uh, uh, I don't know exactly how it would work, but I imagine you go get a physical and they're going to draw your blood. They basically say, you know, we're going to screen you for all these things. If you don't want any of these screenings, you have to tell us that you don't want it. And yeah, because so it's going to be automatic otherwise. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's going to be automatic. And 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 so that would be covered by insurance as well because it's a preventative uh, right? test. And that's that's such a great way for people mm-hmm. to know their status. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's an integral it part mm-hmm. of this plan, this aid's plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Washington State, is that's important tool or aspect. It's a of it. huge. It's gonna, yeah. It's gonna make my job a lot easier because I, I'm on the community level, but I, it's hard for me as a community um, coordinator to get in with the medical side. Right. So it's really difficult. Right. Um, we know this opt-out testing works as well because it's been in place with pregnant women since I don't mm-hmm. know how long, but many, many years. Where if mm-hmm. you're pregnant, mm-hmm. you have to opt out of an HIV test with your yeah. doctor, and and they really make you sign papers saying I will not get an HIV test because yeah, right. they we want to make sure that that that, uh, that infants don't aren't yeah. born with HIV. No. Yeah, you and don't it's pass it worked. On. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. And I think the only reason it's been this long is because of stigma. It, you know? Absolutely, this, it is. When yeah. it seems like yeah. such an easy you yeah. know thing to do and mm-hmm. it's because we don't want to talk about sex mm-hmm. we don't want to talk mm-hmm. about our risk factors we yeah. don't want to admit that the it's you know these things are just part of yeah. our world right now yeah and i i think that's important one of the things you mentioned the important thing and that uh dr kuba mentioned as well which is the importance one of your great questions Sergey. yeah of um politics really yep. that there is this yeah. side of it and we just had a primary we did and we did. what's we always try to tell people listen you can't affect things locally that you know on a local level where you where yeah. you might feel your voice is even more valid than right. on a national level and one of the things is looking at who you're putting in office mm-hmm. who are going to support things like Absolutely. like Absolutely. Uh, HIV research and, and I mean testing. we were just yeah. what yeah. two years ago we were in Olympia because they were thinking about cutting budget and so we yeah. went there to talk mm-hmm. about please don't do this because this this issue still needs funding and it is not gone right yet right you know and things like this are what help us have vaccine trials right and exactly. preps exactly and all of this so it's important so I know so if all of y'all a lot of people were like, I'm not going to do my primary because it doesn't really count. It's not the general election. But it you does. get to help decide who's going to the general election. Exactly. And that's and, so uh, key. That's so yes, key. Yes, so key. So mm-hmm. the, lots of interesting people yeah. um, headed on. Of course, you know, Governor Inslee going for his another term yes, as yeah. governor. Um, Very important election. So, there. you know, yeah. he's going for re-election. Lieutenant Governor's up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's up for grabs right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who were... A lot of people in the primary who mm-hmm. were going for it. That list I and felt like was three pages long. Oh yeah. Why should people care about who their lieutenant governor is? They actually do. Lieutenant governors, mm-hmm. I feel, have even more. Th- if so, if you look at the president and vice president, a lot of people are like, "Well, the vice president. I mean, yeah. what does he do?" <laughs> right. They do stuff, but really, the major power is vice president. Ah, when it comes to lieutenant governor and governor, they both can get. Stuff done. Down. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Exactly. They both have uh, policies that they push. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely. And so what's important about this race? So is it's if like you a vice governor. Kind of. it's a it vice is governor, a vice governor. But That's exactly what it is. Vice yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what's fascinating is you can go through and study each of these people. Yeah. Right. And go because I wanted to know who's running. There's 18 million. Right. 
I would like to know who they are because let's face it, I didn't know mm-hmm. there were so many lieutenant governor people wanting to go. Right. And what's fascinating, a lot of these people were in the Senate. They were. Um, mm, they yes. had already written legislation, so you could actually see mm. where they stood on their, issues. Yeah, where they stood on things, what they find important, what they have already done yeah. for their key issues. And that was actually exciting because these people mm-hmm. are already there trying to get stuff done, and now. They're going to. Yeah. They want to be in a better position mm-hmm. to continue that work. Yeah. Well, and uh, one of the candidates. I mean, you kind of introduced me to him, Cyrus yeah. Habib, and he yeah. fascinating man in in the legislature. He had. Uh, yeah. He he spearheaded he legislation, legislation. Yeah, that opened up Uber ride sharing, Lyft ride mm-hmm. sharing oh, wow. in Washington State. Um, so if you like the Uber, of, yeah. boating is right. important. It's right? true, exactly. And he's very a technologically he, yeah. uh, forward thinker well, and would yeah, like to bring absolutely. more of that to absolutely. Washington State. But that's exciting. So you it's can great. see the things these people are mm-hmm. like, wait, this is important, you know, clean air, uh, you know, electric cars, you exactly. know, environment being important. So yeah. you decide what you think mm-hmm. your issues that you it's really so important key to on, yeah. and then well, you can read up. And I mean, in these local elections, we can get rid of people like Matt Shea. Hello, how is he still in office yeah. and yeah. Know, a candidate? I mean, just we saying. just, we have to have to. Just saying, that's my district. Yeah, that is your district. You better, you better vote. Oh, I voted. And Good. Kathy. He, oh, oh yeah, McMorris Rogers. Yeah, yep. I'm excited for Joe. Uh, yeah, I know. right. Well, we were having this conversation about Joe, I, who's been yeah. here before. He has been here before. He has. in the oh, yeah. in the primaries, making the cut, and then not making it in the general. So he just, I feel like he just needs to push, 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 right. push. Already, yeah. it's hard when there's an incumbent involved. It is already that's yes. difficult. Yeah, people in a like very name red recognition. They're yeah. like, well, we haven't died yet, so yeah. they must be okay. Because it's funny because she's so unpopular. She is so unpopular, and yet. But and it's a large still, area. It's a large. She has a lot more money. Yeah. The the donors are there for her because she's been around a while. Oh yeah. And I agree. I and think a lot of people are not voting. A lot no, of people aren't they voting. Are not. Yeah. And they're just going. You know what they say when that that study came out that people number one thing they vote on is name recognition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nothing to do with absolutely the policies or what they stand on. But oh, yeah. I recognize that name. Yeah. Not a good way to vote. Nope. I'm just saying. But Joe Pacutis has some good things going for him. But. The problem has been you have mentioned yeah. Sergey. Well, it, he needs a bigger push and funding first of all, mm-hmm. and yeah. also uh, uh, just a bigger campaign in general. I mean, you're competing with Kathy McMorris Rogers, yeah. who's been there for how many terms now, and you know she's been Too there for many. over yeah for over a decade, <laughs> yeah. and she's incumbent in a red district. I mean, every yeah. year, it, you know, they're just it, it, the match isn't there, right? The, yeah, the, right. The, the, Democratic side, you know, there it's, mm-hmm. it seems to always be the same thing where you, you right. talk about these yeah. issues as Joe Pacotis. Yeah, it's always the same thing. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know well, you're talking that. about there isn't a match there. The other side isn't bringing up an uh, 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 equal opponent that can has a chance. Let's right. can we look back just a little, little rewind, very brief, and look at why Condon has another term. It's because there was not a viable candidate. Mm-hmm. We did not try hard enough to get a viable candidate. And yeah. all respect to Char, I, I right. enjoy she was on our show, Charlotte D, and she's doing great things and she's very active, but in my opinion, was not prepared. And now we have yet again Condon, who is shown time and again to have disrespect for the system. Mm-hmm. He did it again in the recent chief, uh, Does what you he know, wants. bringing the chief. Exactly. He, he exactly. went against city law yeah. and just pushed through what he wanted. This is what happens when we don't get involved mm-hmm. and we don't say, hey, and we had on the chair of the of Spokane Democrats mm-hmm. on last week. Um, this is what, you know, why it's important to 
support, get involved, exactly. and do your part. Exactly. Yeah. I do have to give a shout out to Mayor Condon because... <laughs> Wait, turn, turn his mic off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's very, very supportive of Spokane's network. He has been, yes. yes. And mm-hmm. actually, that it's because of you all that we ever made the connection that eventually got uh, him on the show mm-hmm. was because he does. He did. He works with you, and he is very supportive, and we were able to meet him, and that, that helped that beginning. Um, and I think that's important. Um, but I'm not, def- doesn't not defending the, the... Yes, I'm not defending some of the things that he's... Right, exactly. He's done so it is mm-hmm. important. I mean, it would be even worse if he didn't support important... We just talked about the importance of having legislation and politicians right. behind right. the movement to end AIDS. Mm-hmm. And so that, hey... There you yeah, go. I'm exactly. not. The, yeah. <laughs> the, it's great. Politics is great. Yeah. There is no extremist one way or the other. But yeah, the exactly. true statement. But mm-hmm. I think it's important. These races, we need to pay attention. Be aware. And I mm-hmm. actually, we're going to have um, uh, the chair of the Spokane Democratic uh, Committee on again in the future. And I want to talk about how how do you support the candidates that you want yeah. in there? And how are we vetting them? Yeah. How can we right. encourage? Sure, sure. You know, the reason uh, Matt Shea has a chance of losing is because there was a, a, a person who was very pro-Bernie and, and you know, was inspired by that whole movement. And then, of course, uh, Bernie didn't get it. Uh, yeah, Bernie didn't get the, the, the nomination. nomination. Yeah. Now, he said, I want to be involved. I want to be in politics oh. to do that. And so now he's the one, and he's through to the primary, yeah. and it is going to come down to Matt Shea. And he's and never run for office, no, never well, that's, anything. That's he's just going through. That's a success story. Yes, it Bernie is. Sanders it, exactly. is yeah. involved. Yeah, so, to inspire mm-hmm. people right. to do something. Right, and that's I think that's the real message. So many people say my vote doesn't count. Well, if that's all you do, maybe, maybe a vote doesn't count as much. If you get involved, if you volunteer, if you canvass if you run for office you're doing so much more than just voting and then you're you know your voice does carry through exactly there's so many more options that people don't realize i think exactly so i think it's important make sure you know what's going on locally Mm -hmm. and let's do some voting yeah do we want to take another music you know what let's take our last music break and listen to um uh one of the best songs currently i think it's it's just so great oh i know what song yeah (laughs) this is gonna be (laughs) heathens by 21 pilots you are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. You guys love when I do that because I never, you're like, we always tell, thanks 15, there's 15 seconds left and yeah. I'm still talking. And then Jonathan's Kyle. like, oh, I have 20. Kyle no, Jonathan, stop. a political discussion and it was really good. We no, that's it. great. In like three <laughs> minutes, you can, all you want. I love it. Uh, first of all, always fun in this studio and even more fun when Kyle Richardson from Spokane Ace Network uh-huh. joins us as well because we have lots of good things to talk about. We do. We always have a lot of conversations and then Kyle joins in with his opinion. I love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to have Kyle back when there yeah. isn't like two really big guests. Because Damon, you know, that's always a big conversation. Yes. So yeah, when Kyle can about. share some of these opinions, mm-hmm. hey, listen, did you? He he brought in some levity when I'm <laughs> trashing Condon. He's like, well, let's mm-hmm. remember what he has done. True. Yeah. One. There's the silver million. lining. I get it, There's though. the silver lining. Credit. <laughs> Credit where credit is due, and very rarely is credit due to him. Yes. So there you <laughs> so go. We'll give it. We'll give it where it is. <laughs> oh but gosh. Lots of things happening in your city. We didn't talk about the one thing that we will be talking about next week, which is the appointment of Craig Meidel, uh by the the mayor and kind of not mm-hmm. going with the city um, council, which has to approve that. I'm sure that story will develop. Even I'm more. sure there's gonna be even more things to talk about. But mm-hmm. it's been <laughs> a lot of fun. Next week, lots more excitement. Brought to you by. <laughs>